0: another edition of the show without a name the science show still has not got a name if you can think of a good one why don't you drop us a line but in the meantime you can stick around for some parasitic plagues and scientific conspiracy theories are they related stick around and find out to another edition of the science show without a name. If you can think of what a new name might be, you can email us at discovery at 2 scrcom Coming up this week, we have parasitic plagues and we've got scientific conspiracy theories. But coming up first, we've got the news with Adam. <music>
1: At least in the UK, we'll soon be able to take familial DNA searching to a whole new level, discovering that our names have been sewn into our DNA. While DNA is unique to individuals, just like fingerprints, it has one big advantage for identification in that if the police don't have an exact match on record, they can compare the sample they have collected with the limited records that are available and determine if they have the identity of a near family member of the DNA owner. This is called familial DNA search. But researchers at the University of Leicester have discovered that the Y chromosome in DNA can be matched to a surname in as many as 20% of cases. They achieved this by taking samples from 150 pairs of volunteers who shared a common surname but were not knowingly related and comparing their DNA. They found that for common surnames, such as Smith or Jones, around 20% of people were related. For less common surnames, almost 100% are related. This means that when police search a crime scene for DNA, they have a better than one in five chance of knowing the suspect's name without having any record of them. This discovery is possible because nearly half of the UK's 50 million people share only 40,000 surnames, and because a quarter or so of the people who are connected this way have common ancestors between now and AD 1300 when surnames were first used. Researchers at the electronics company Philips have patented a device for monitoring the performance of a person's heart and also their circulatory system without the use of expensive MRI machines or radioactive tracers. They're triggers to inject very small bubbles of air or some inert gas into the bloodstream. The bubbles are about one hundredth of the size of a human hair and will resonate when bombarded with ultrasound at megahertz frequency. The image looks like a dark blob on the ultrasound screen until it reaches the heart, where it shows clearly how the heart muscle is moving and can determine if there is any abnormal motion or any damage. Additionally, if the streams of bubbles are bombarded with higher amplitude signal, it will cause some of the bubbles to collapse and leave a recognisable marker for doctors to monitor how blood flows through the body's circulatory system. And now you too can be a world-class physicist at home by not building a quantum computer. Researchers from an American university have made a breakthrough in quantum computing recently. Quantum computers rely on performing calculations based on the quantum state of individual electrons or photons, and so are very delicate things. One of the major problems researchers currently face is how to prevent the outside world from interfering with their computer when it's performing a calculation. And the answer sounds like it would be at home in a Douglas Adams novel. They simply turn the computer off. The University of Illinois researchers were able to construct a computer out of lasers and mirrors that encoded information into individual photons. Normally the photons would be passed through gates and detectors and other devices to perform the actual algorithm, but with each step in the process the resulting answer becomes less reliable due to quantum interference. So the physicist used the Zeno effect, which says that a quantum state will not change when it's being observed, to force the photons to not go into the complicated equipment that performs the calculation. The team were then able to examine the non-running states of their computer, which are superimposed with the running states of their computer, kind of like switching the computer off in one universe but turning it on in a parallel one. Since the two states, or universes, are linked, when one computer is one is on, the other computer has to be off, so are the outcomes of the quantum computer algorithm being run or not being run. Thus it is possible for physicists to use the answers from the universe where the computer is running, while getting the lower interference from the universe where the computer is not being running. So what does that all mean? Well, simply, as technophobes will tell you, the best way to stop a computer making a mistake is to just not use it.
0: Thanks for the news, Adam. Now, coming into the studio today, Matt Francis was talking all about scientific conspiracy theories. Now, Matt, are we talking about um, the JFK assassination and things like that?
2: Along those sort of lines, those kind of conspiracy theories—the common sort of things that everyone knows about—but the conspiracy theory, the conspiracy theorists claim that they know the real story behind something that the that the public has—it's been hidden from them by them or they, you know, evil corporations or governments or sinister organisations. The Rand
0: Corporation. Yeah,
2: There's this sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. but it turns out, having a look around, and mainly you can get. A, Most of this stuff on the internet, because I think conspiracy theorists have really exploded since the invention of the internet, because, you know, anyone can publish sites and get all kind of hits of of people searching for stuff. Um, This has really given a great vehicle for the conspiracy theorists. But a very common part of modern conspiracy theories is that the people pushing them really want to get back to the facts, that that their science, that their scientific analysis is, is better or is, you know, the true sort of science, the true facts compared to someone else's analysis of some sort of situation. Um, so to get to an example, the most famous, I think, um, I would have to say, scientific conspiracy theory is, of course, the moon landing.
0: Yes, I was going to bring that up.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously. So so JFK, yeah, you can get a bit of, you know, scientific and grassy knoll angles, that kind of stuff. But well, I'd love to see the landing. science of the
0: magic bullet, actually. Well, that's okay. uh, that's,
2: that's true, the magic, can get. Uh But the moon landing, um, obviously, there's a lot of sort of techie stuff revolving around the moon landing. So there's been a lot of conspiracy theories put forward, um, basically saying, of course, that it was a hoax. Um, didn't actually occur, was filmed in the Nevada desert. Um, all this kind of stuff for various reasons, you know, give America a boost in the Cold War, such and so on and so on.
3: Like the movie, Capricorn Look, One. Like the movie
2: Capricorn mm. One, absolutely, absolutely, just like that. So what I've got, I've collated a list of, uh, of of things that have been put forward by uh, Moon Moon landing hoax conspiracy the- conspiracy theorists. But one of these is a bit of a doozy that I made up. Um, and what I need you guys to do is try and pick which one. So, firstly, here is the list. I'm listening carefully. We have uh, one problem. If Neil Armstrong was the first man on the moon, who filmed him coming out of the moon lander? Oh,
0: well, that's right.
2: Doot, doot, doom. Okay, so the second one, so bear that in mind. second one is that amateur radio operators picked up the lander transmissions, and by tra- triangulating the signal, they located the transmitter as being in the Nevada desert. That's number two. Another uh, theory is that at least 10 astronauts or important people working in the Apollo program have died in vehicle crashes and fires in suspicious circumstances. Conspiracy mm. theorist claims that these deaths are suspicious and the results of NASA and US government covering up the hoax. And another one is that there are no stars in the photos taken by the astronauts or in the movie footage. But there's and, no
0: stars in Sydney either. Are they? Well, well, it's
2: <laughs> This, this is possibly true sure And the, the last reason. one Is that the, the flag That was planted on the moon Was waving Because how can it wave If in space There's a vacuum So of all those Those things Just running through Quickly again Neil Armstrong First man on the moon Had to take a photo of him uh, Second one That the signal Was coming from Nevada uh, Ten astronauts have died In suspicious circumstances No stars in the photos Or that the flag was waving So which one do you think Is not actually uh, A common conspiracy theorist claim
0: Oh, I've never heard of the all the the death, all the all, yeah, all, all the staff death members.
1: Death isn't that common. I haven't heard the is triangulation it? one either, though. No, I um, haven't heard that one. So I think it's one of those two. Mm.
3: Those
1: two. Well, I'll, tell you, I'll give you, I'll give you a fifty-fifty, and it is
2: indeed one of those two. All the others uh, are <laughs> have Deep been put forward, but just quickly going to them. Of course, the first one, um, yeah. If you see this one on a site, you know it's probably not too credible. Yes. There was actually a camera, you know, attached to the lander that I'm, sh- I'm quite sure. It's a
1: pretty elementary mistake to make if it was faked, though. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it did. there are no stars,
2: but there are no stars in the daytime on mm-hmm. Earth either.
1: And there would be stars in the de- desert in Nevada, wouldn't there? Yes. But yes, but not in the sound
2: stage. So, wow. That's true. That's that. true. Um,
0: I reckon the triangulation one, because that would be easy to um, put forth evidence of, of that, but... I'm assuming if um, there was evidence, we
2: would have seen it. People's deaths can well, be more NASA, easily investigated. Unless NASA snuffed the, snuffed the guys out. <laughs> mm-hmm. But indeed, you're, but you're right, Matt. That is, That is true. I made that one up. Um, I think that actually comes from the Capricorn One movie, though. A similar thing happened. So.
3: Although few people know that they did do some publicity shots for the moon landing that they mixed in with the real pictures. Oh, okay. Which so contributed a good, large amount to people right, thinking that right. they were all fake. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm
2: sure Photoshop has probably helped the... Yeah. Uh, many conspiracy theorists as well, to some extent. But anyway, moving on to the next next conspiracy theory, um, and that is the cure for cancer. It is, of course, obviously that the holy, well, one of the holy grails for sort of modern medical research is attempting to cure cancer. Um, but, of course, there are many conspiracy theories that claim that this has already occurred, and for various reasons this, this cure is being suppressed by evil organisations. Well, of course. So, again, we've got a series of claims here. See if you can spot which one is not claimed by conspiracy theorists. So, or, or a, a claim or a, a support for their position that's put forward. So, the first one is, um, you should not listen to what your doctors tell you regarding your health. Since the average lifespan of an American medical doctor is 58 years, while the average <laughs> lifespan of other Americans is 77 and a half years. You might therefore get better advice on longevity from a bus driver or topless dancer. Mm. First claim. What second, if it was a
0: topless doctor? A
2: topless doctor? You get
0: some sort of middle ground.
2: Yeah, or a retired doctor that drives a bus. Mm. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe they would be the best people to talk to. Bit of a mix. Um, but the next one is, um, there are already patents for cancer cures that really work, but they're all owned by Bill Gates, who keeps <laughs> them for himself as part of his evil plan to become immortal. <laughs> and the last claim is that pharmaceutical companies only conduct studies on patented chemicals they invent so that at the end of their study, if the drug gets approved, they have solar rights on its sale. But they never do studies on foods, or, and they try and suppress any cures that are found from foods that can't be patented and can be sold by any supermarket, as this would put them out of business. There's a whole heap of claims that, uh, for instance, eating apricot seeds is apparently, eat seven a day, it's a cure for cancer. Apricot Ooh. seeds <laughs> is the claim, but of course not supported by pharmaceutical companies. Yeah, then
0: you need a cure for constipation after yeah. that.
2: <laughs> That's true. So which of those, which of those claims doesn't uh, seem to stack up?
0: I think number two, because Bill is quite the um, the philanthropist. He he gives million, billions away.
3: And he's not stupid enough to restrict research that might All help this. him. Of course, he could patent it and sell it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, that,
1: that one I made up was pretty
2: obvious. But I, but I have heard similar claims about Bill Gates and cloning technologies as well. So one last quick one that's uh, come up obviously quite recently, is a bunch of conspiracies surrounding the collapse of the World Trade Centre towers. Now, I'm sure most people have seen the footage on TV. Aeroplanes full of aviation fuel, crashes in towers, starts a big fire. 10, 15 minutes later, the towers collapse. Um, The official verdict is that the fire weakened the structure, causing each floor Mm. to collapse on the one above it. Chain reaction collapsed down. Yes. But, several conspiracy theories. See if you can spot the doozy here that I made up. So we have the first one. Because the building... So it's, 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 the conspiracy is that um, the building fell too fast. Um, given you know normal physics, the, bu- the building fell too fast to have just been the result of the plane. And so therefore the building had to have been rigged with explosives in the same manner as any building being demolished. Mm-hmm. And this set off after the plane hit. That's the first claim. The second claim was that the explosion of a micro-atomic bomb on board the <laughs> airplanes released the extra energy needed to collapse the building. And Rare. the third claim is that the building's collapsed because of a large underground explosion set off by the French.
0: (laughs) The
1: (laughs) Damn French.
0: Aren't they the cause of this?
2: So, which of those claims
1: doesn't doesn't cut the mustard? I don't think anyone could be stupid enough to claim it was a nuclear bomb. No, that's pretty
3: out there.
2: (laughs) Well, actually, uh, it's a bit of a trick question. All those three things are actually being put forward, and all three of them actually quite commonly on multiple websites as explanations for the collapse of the towers. Well, if it's on the internet it has to be true. Well, it has to right. be. That's that that's seen the footage. Right. So yes. There we go. So don't believe everything you read on the internet.
0: And that was Interlock by Stereolab. Now, a plague of parasitic puppet masters prepare to take over the world. It's not the phrase you hear every day, but Ian Wolfe investigates.
3: Imagine there was a plague of mind-altering parasites infesting 90% of human brains in France and Germany, dripping LSD and other psychedelic drugs into people's bloodstreams to propel them into dangerous behaviour. Infected women pay more attention to their grooming... ...and are more sensual, open-hearted, friendly, promiscuous and untrustworthy. Infected men pay less attention to their grooming... ...and are jealous, suspicious and aggressive. Well, it's true. Outside of France and Germany, 50% of Americans... ...and already around a third of people in the rest of the world... ...are infected with parasites... ...containing cysts in their muscles and brains. The parasite needs to get its host eaten by cats so that it can sexually reproduce. Rats, mice and humans become obsessed with cats and are attracted to their scent. They take more risks, their IQ is lowered and their reflexes are slower. In rats and mice, this leads to being eaten by cats. In humans, it leads to more accidents and violence. Yaroslav Fleger and colleagues at Charles University in Prague believe that the behavioural effects in people are side effects of chemical control systems that have evolved to control rodent brains. And this is why there's changes to complex mechanisms such as trust. It's an accident. it's worth remembering that our Australopithecine ancestors were natural prey for predatory cats. The parasite only needs cats for sexual reproduction. It can clone itself in your body without cats. People catch it from contamination from cat litter boxes or from undercooked meat from an infected animal. In sheep, toxoplasmosis often causes abortion or the birth of very weak lambs. Cows, pigs and many other animals can also be infected. Professor Alan Johnson at the Molecular Parasitology Research Group at the University of Technology, Technology, Sydney, says it's very common in Australian wildlife. Until recently, the medical community has only seen this as a problem for pregnant women. 40% of the time, their babies will be infected and may suffer cerebral palsy, seizures, hyperactivity, mental retardation or simply die. If you're pregnant, you have never had a better reason to get somebody else to clean the litter tray, wearing gloves and a mask, and that the tray is disinfected with boiling water. Make sure that cats aren't allowed to sit anywhere near where your food is stored, prepared or eaten. All your meat should be thoroughly cooked. Some health departments go so far as to recommend avoiding cats altogether during pregnancy. Children's sandboxes should be covered to stop them being used as litter boxes. If your immune system is suppressed because of an illness such as AIDS or from chemotherapy, you're also at risk of chronic flu-like symptoms. Now they've discovered the link to schizophrenia. Schizophrenia is an illness that involves distorted thinking and perceptual delusions, often including hallucinations of voices. Sufferers may also have problems with motivation, socialising, memory and problem-solving. It can lead to psychosis, a complete break from reality. Sampling the blood of untreated people suffering from schizophrenia they discovered that half were infected with Toxoplasma gondii parasites, and that they had LSD in their bloodstream. Now, the psychedelic drug only lasts for a few hours before it breaks down in the body, so it looks like the LSD is being made inside the body. There's a problem with this as a simple cause causes schizophrenia. LSD usually causes visual hallucinations, whereas people suffering schizophrenia experience auditory hallucinations. The good news is that the antipsychotic drugs that are used to treat schizophrenia also stop the parasite. The antipsychotic drug halperidol and the mood stabilizer valperic acid can now be used to cure toxoplasma gondii when combined with an antibiotic. Several drugs for the treatment of bipolar disorder, where people suffer from severe mood swings, have also been shown to stop the parasite reproducing, at least in the lab. So two out of three of the people around you are infected with a mind-controlling parasite that makes them obsessed with cats, prone to jealousy, danger, and a risk of schizophrenia. Should we allow people infected with Toxoplasma gondii to pilot a plane or even drive a car? How do we get 3 billion people to take antipsychotic medications for the rest of their lives? Would French and German patriots see this as an attack on their culture? Biologist and science fiction writer Peter Watts suggests that understanding Toxoplasma gondii and how it controls the mind will give us the power to alter human minds for cure or control.
0: Now, for all the science news that didn't make the science news this week, and I believe you've been investigating the world of drugs.
3: As usual, yes. New Scientist <laughs> has modafinil from the company Cephalon, which is a drug that um, lets you stay awake without feeling the need to sleep. Without, but it doesn't give you a big high like amphetamines do. It just you don't feel like sleeping.
0: Right. So you you can take it and you can drive for
3: yeah. You can eight stay hours, awake no for. 48 hours and then you might only have to sleep for six or eight hours and you feel fine rather than having to sleep for two days.
0: Right but what, but what happens afterwards when you actually you may feel really great but what happens when you um, when people, your body hasn't had the sleep that
3: People seem to be okay. Um, from what they can tell people go into normal deep sleep they feel refreshed and they're okay. So it's been around since 1998. It's prescribed for narcolepsy, which is when you're falling asleep mm-hmm. all the time during the day. So it doesn't seem to have harmful side effects over the last eight years.
0: So it's been, um, it's been around for eight years. I haven't, I haven't heard of it till now.
3: No, well, it's only coming up now because the American military are using it and the researchers think they know how it works because they didn't know before. They're thinking that it interferes with um, noradrenaline reuptake and it allows dopamine, which is another stimulant in the brain, to stay around for longer. Um, but yeah, fighter pilots are using the stuff now, along with the amphetamines.
2: But since we don't, um, or at least as far as I was aware, don't have a, <clears throat> a really full, complete understanding of you know, why we need to sleep and what sort of benefits sleep does give us, it seems a bit sort of tricky. I mean, maybe we could feel like we're awake and have the sleep, but um, do we really know what we're missing out on by, by not getting that sleep?
3: Well, the problem is that a lot of people don't sleep very well. Most adults have some sort of sleeping problem at some point in their lives and take sleeping pills, which don't give you normal sleep. So if you've got something that makes you not feel sleepy, and makes you feel okay when you're missing out on sleep, um, most people would probably do better off with that, if rather than take a sleeping pill, a hypnotic sort of drug that puts them in uh, a shallow sleep rather than a deep sleep.
0: Yes, because that's because that's what the normal sleeping pills don't do. That they they, they give you the the, the yeah, not, not the quality sleep that they're... they
3: give you shallow sleep, and they're addictive, so you end up needing them all the time.
0: Uh huh. But these ones aren't.
3: Well, they're worried that people might become addicted just because it makes you less likely to feel sleepy the next day.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, there we have it. The latest in sleeping pills. I prefer to use scotch myself. That's about all we have time for here on this forgetful episode of Discovery. Warming the seats on this week's show have been Adam Richardson, Matt Francis, and Ian Wolf. I've been Matthew Clark. And if you'd like any of the some more information on any of the stories we featured today, you can send us an email on discovery at 2SER.com. Also, if you have a nice new name for us, you can send us an email on that address as well. Remember, remember we can't use that one. Now... Discovery, oh, the show that used to be called Discovery, is broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network and we're produced up here in the sky in 2 SCR in Sydney. Join us next week for more science goodness on the show without a name.